Hi, I'm Connor Byrne, and this is That's What I Call Marketing, a podcast where you'll hear from the leading lights in the marketing world and listen to their unique insights. Today's episode uniquely brings together the Backstreet Boys and design. How you say, well, I am talking to ImageNow, a design agency who have been around as long as the Backstreet Boys. It will make sense when you listen to the episode. ImageNow is, without doubt, one of the longest-standing design agencies around, and it is Irish. And this year they marked 30 years in business, so I took time out to talk to founders Dave Torpy and Daryl Kavanagh all about that journey. We reflect on the design landscape, how things were incredibly different 30 years ago. And for anyone listening who wasn't around 30 years ago, it is wonderful to hear how things that we take for granted in terms of the tech that we use for design were not even being used. And how Dave and Daryl used that as their breakthrough. We chat about some of the amazing work that they have done, their bravery in getting some of those early clients. And the story about Riverdance is really wonderful. And for anyone who doesn't know, Riverdance was a phenomenal cultural resurgence for Ireland. It really brought us back onto the world stage. We also chat about the gaps that exist between marketing and design and what can be done to better the understanding between the two. Don't forget to subscribe to That's What I Call Marketing, uh, wherever you are listening or watching this episode, so you can get a notification of when our next episode lands. But for now, let's get right into today's episode. Dave, Daryl, thanks a million for joining me on That's What I Call Marketing. Great to, great to have How you. How you doing? It's great to be here. Yeah. How's it going? Good, good, good. Well, listen, be- before we get into it, I did mention at the intro that you, you guys are, and you wouldn't believe it if anyone's watching this, you guys have 30 years in business. And I was like, what else has been around for 30 years? And <laughs> these would be surprising. So I went to music, I went to bands, uh, Backstreet Boys, there you uh, are. and they're, they're still around. <laughs> Born and Daft Punk, or Daft Punk still around, I think they are. And I was, they, they, they disbanded a few years ago. They disbanded. See, there you go, you're going, you're further than, further than <laughs> the Daft Punk. Wilco. Yeah. Wilco are still around. That's so, it, yeah. Uh, but I think maybe, oh, no, no, I, well, maybe I went to um, for you to around there the other day. They're still around. <laughs> they're still around. They're longer than 30 years, though. They're longer than 30 years. Like, speaking to that, right? 30 years ago, 1993, a different, a different world completely, a different time. You, you both kind of met in, in college, am I right? But, Tell me about the, kind of the origin story. All right, so the origin stories uh-huh. a little bit. It's actually we're, we're older than the, the firm. Was technically, it was incorporated in February 1993. But the previous summer, Dave and I graduated from the College of Marketing and Design, and obviously we were in the design side, and, and we watched the marketeers from a great distance. <laughs> except maybe the union over playing pool on the far side. We used to call that the dark side. Actually, the marketeers were on the dark side, and we were on the the force for good. At the end of at the end of our college, after a few, four or five years, you have a portfolio. The tradition is you have a, an end of year exhibition where you show all your work and then hopefully companies or design agencies or ad agencies, they would come in, they would look at your work and they say, you know, we'll give you a go. We might employ you. And, you know, that, and, and that's the great hope. But I always remember that Dave, and I'm speaking probably no. before him here, Dave was, a very gifted, Dave was a very gifted designer. I used to watch him, obviously, because we're in the same class. You know, he was across multiple disciplines, uh, illustration, graphic design, photography, filmmaking, but he was very, very gifted in computers. And he was probably one of the first that Mac generation that could handle Quark Express, Photoshop. He was just, he was very gifted. Yeah. I was very strong in visual communications and photography and also probably good at talking. He was very good at doing yeah. it. Like and, the, and the two of us, the two of us got to, I remember saying to him when we were 
at that exhibition, we were watching, you know, ad agencies come in and design agencies. And I was saying like, you know, we're good enough. We're better than these guys. Why don't we go and try it ourselves, set up our own company, do our own thing. And literally in that exhibition, I went home that evening. I was a good photographer. He was a good designer. And I thought, I thought, where would a combination of great photography and design work together? And I thought about, you know, calendars in those days. And those right. AIB, the big, the banks would do big calendar jobs. And yeah. I, I sat down and I rang, got the golden pages and I rang all of the, the marketing departments of the, the, the big, the, the, uh, the, the banks at the time. And I got through to TSB Bank. And These are all things we want to have to explain to people. Golden pages. Call. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. In those days. So, and, and, and out of that, and that actually was our first client. We got the PTSB or the permanent TSB or sorry, TSB. We got our first job was to do a calendar, uh, which was a big job. Uh, and we, I remember we got the check then at the end of the summer. And with that check, uh, with that money, we decided we would buy computers. And so we bought some more Macs and we decided to rent a little, a little place and down on, on, down on the keys. And then we formally incorporated the company in, in, in February. I was going to yeah. ask you, Dave, is it, do you, is your story the same? Uh, pretty, pretty much. Like, I think the thing is, I, Daryl alluded to it. Like, we, like I was always big into technology. I was always big into the idea of what it enabled within the industry. Right. And I actually brought the first copy of Photoshop into into the college for people to use. It was Photoshop. Into Ireland. Photoshop one. <laughs> Photoshop. <laughs> so that's how far back it goes. But it was that, is that a, a cusp in, in, in technology and design that changed from there onwards, right? So we were able to put together presentations and that, that were blowing away our competitors who were established in the marketplace because they weren't on that, you know, evolution of design through technology. And so we quickly, as a company, snowballed because we were showing clients things they never expected or never saw before because of having, coming from a, from a different perspective and using old design ethoses with new technology. And that kind of emergence really kind of cut a different ground. So you can imagine, like, this is before mobile phones, this is before the internet. Yeah. This was a different time altogether. And like, yeah, we, we just kind of, we thought, well, you know, we can do this. We, we can do this because the technology enabled us to do it easier, but also we could do this because we looked at things differently to how the current state were, were, were looking at it. So Kyle, you're talking about a time, right? Where, you know, you big ad agencies and agencies, and they would, when they go to present a concept to a client, they would spend two to three weeks putting mark sketches, marker roughs, uh, yeah. putting out pieces from, uh, from magazines and creating montages and sort of saying, you know, this is what it might look like and this is what we hope it looks like. David and I, in 24 hours, were able to visualize exactly what it looked like in the marketplace. That is your calendar ready to go to print. That is your packaging ready to go to print. That is your, that this is your new campaign or whatever it's good. And we could show it and the client could kind of make an informed immediate decision say, that's it. And, and, and so it was easy. Our work was, it was easy for us to, to make a mark because of our, 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 particularly the technology was a key, was a key enabler for us. It's kind of interesting. Like, you know, you talked about those design showcases and 
I, I do find it fascinating that like surely like agency heads and marketing leaders were probably going to that and how how they weren't seeing like the technology was was coming right and and then you know this this upstart kind of just disrupts the apple card did he like that first client obviously becomes very important but you know a calendar isn't going to build an agency no. for you as you think back over over kind of the the lifespan of the agency and we get into the different iterations and, and kind of your views on how design has evolved, but that for you was kind of the client that, that made the difference that made, you know, that this is like, this is real. Like this is something that that's like we've made. There are plenty of historic companies that we've worked for, but there are ones that have been groundbreaking within Ireland and the world. So for example, yeah, we designed Riverdance. Right. So and that changed everything. That changed. It changed so much, but it changed society as much as it changed. I was going to say, Dave, yeah, like, the, like Sarah, because I think that it, it, Riverdance is a phenomenal story and so many levels. Yeah. So I'd love to yeah, hear about like that and then your role in, in kind of how did it come to you? And then like how I agree with you, it had such a massive impact on, I think, Ireland on the world stage. Yeah. So, yeah. Please tell us that story. It's great to hear. So Dave and I had a very strong interest in the arts and the theatre community. We started working with the Gaiety, the Abbey, the Gate. We were doing poster designs, a grand here, 1,500 quid there. Very difficult to build a business around. But at the same time, then we were working for corporate clients, like so started to work with AIB, Telecom Aaron. They really liked the exciting graphic design we had. But it was, it was, we, we, we won the Dublin Chamber, or sorry, the Dublin Theatre Fest. Theater Festival, Theater Festival, again, uh, against some very established players. And we did a really strong piece of work throughout 1993 for, for that. And on foot of that, and the waves that that created, I got a phone call from Moya Doherty um, saying, and I, I kind of knew a little bit about her, but not that much about her, and her mm -hmm. husband, John McCaughan. They were building out this new show, you know, it was, it would kind of done this interstitial piece with the Eurovision. I didn't even watch the Eurovision. And then I remember coming into David and said, is this kind of, they're going to do this kind of event or this kind of thing down in the point. Points, depot, yeah. Point depot, show. Yeah, yeah, point depot. And we, we, they gave us three weeks to put a presentation together for it. And I know we're up another, and we worked really hard for three weeks to develop the presentation for Riverdance. And. When we made the first presentation, it was kind of a disaster, right? It was we, we tried, we tried way too much. We put way too much technology and tried different layers, different imagery, different iconography, arranged different things. And I came back to the studio and Dave didn't make the presentation with me. I made it with another designer. And I sat down with Dave about five o'clock that evening and I said, look, we have a problem here. I don't think we've cracked this. Like that's because that's a very interesting moment for, yeah. you know, you get the feedback from the presentation going, don't think we've cracked it. Where do you go? Like, what, like, what's your process to kind of go and say, we need to simplify this or whatever, you know, I'd love to hear that process. Yeah. Like the, the thing is you try and find like the, we call it the golden thread. There's something that holds it all together. There's something that nuance within it that gives you that kind of heart to it. You know, like the, you know, the, there's a truism in every project, if you, if you dare to look for it, you know, and you just have to kind of refine and define, trying to get something to remember where, where the, the legacy and the history came from, but also set it free and go towards the future. So that's where I, I started kind of playing around with the typography aspect. And it was really, it was all quite hand-drawn and had, there was a flow to it because the dance in it 
where although Irish dancing in the past is all kind of strict and structured, the yeah. river dance set a new way of doing it. So there was, there was the whole idea of the river flowing and the flow of the dance and that, that, that aspect. Then so that kind of started using a paintbrush and started painting the calligraphy wow. by hand. So the river dance font is something I painted by hand originally. And then I kind of reformed the whole alphabet and then and rescanned it. And then the technology came over and I started redrawing the whole thing and made the, the typeface that, that is there today. So, uh, yeah, like it's just really kind of finding that truism through it and that kind of flow to it. That once you once you crack it, it, you know, you get this spark, spark of inspiration. It just kind of hits you and you it's undeniable. And you go, hey, that's that's the thing. That's the that's the one that's going to work. And then everything from that flowed. So literally, the, as Daryl was saying, the poster image, it became quite flowy and, and organic. And there's a sense of movement always in it. So it wasn't just a clean, yeah. perfect image. There was motion blur in the image. So it felt like there was movement in it. So that kind of informed everything going through. That's amazing. Do you have the original handwritten things? Drawings? Yeah. Somewhere, I think I do. But yeah, Riverdance is a real catalyst of change for us. And it catapulted us very quickly into the international stage. Yeah. And we were doing work then for MTV, Sony, PlayStation. And we're involved with a number of UK projects orange and so on so it really it, it really helped to place us on the on the international stage and the agency grew quite quickly it grew to about 30 staff in about five or six years and became a little unwieldy actually for us it has to be said but they were exciting times the 90s everything was possible when we were in college they were saying look to prepare for the worst you're gonna have to go and live in the uk or live in the u.s yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah get, get ready for the emigration boys and girls so you know it was it was a great time to be around. Like there was a newfound confidence in the nineties without a que without question, you know, in terms of art, design, music, and you know, we felt we could conquer the world. And then you move, and and so it was, yeah, it was, and you know, the language of design in terms of the language, particularly from marketeers, marketeers were beginning to really understand the role that identity, design systems, yeah. and good gra the, the 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 provenance, the authenticity. They could begin to see that that quality emerging. Particularly in Ireland as well, you know, traditionally in Ireland it was just very campaign-led, marketing-led, and you know, one or two big iconic brands that kind of led, led everything. But everybody started to think much more about design and identity in the nineties. I was going to ask that because, because obviously, like you know, you talked about the early days, and you kind of had the competitive advantage over, like you were technologically more advanced than than others. But you know, obviously, others caught up, right? And and yeah. probably quite quickly started saying, actually, we're way behind here. We can't, you know, afford to to let these guys own on the landscape. How did that kind of change or, or was it all happening at the same time where as they were catching up, you were doing things like river dance and you were kind of a step ahead. Was it, did it work that way? Or, yeah. Or was it like, kind of like, like that we, you know, it's, a, you know, if you're, if you're into technology and technologists and you look at the world in that kind of way, you tend to move forward at a different pace. Right. So you kind of are always looking to the yeah. new. And I think it's been always been a part of image now from the get go is kind of future focused, right? So always kind of looking at what way things are going to express. So, you know, in, in 1996, we set up image now films and we started doing animated work and film work and all sorts of other things. So it was, a di it was adding on another layer in the storytelling of a brand. Right. So in that way, it, but everybody always catches up, right? So 
And there's no yeah. there's no stopping that. And people invest more and they're bigger and especially ad agencies and that like that, they'll just buy everything they want. And <laughs> and just Well a stature does. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> But it's they did what they can't buy is the the heart and the passion behind why you do it. You're just saying, well, following. So we, we always try to be trailblazers and look at things differently. But we went through some kind of quite pivotal things. And we were all like, we always are, like we still are always looking at, you know, what's the story of VR? What's the story of augmented reality? What's the story of physical experience, digital experience and the technology? And we're, that always, play, it is always in our thinking, the role that sound, mnemonics that they, they play and the haptics and the movement on all that, like, there's just always going to be something. There's always yeah. something and you just have to be open to that, but you got to layer it with great craft and great strategy. You really have to think deeply about kind of what this brand is trying to do, what market it's trying to connect with, what is the profile of the audiences, what are the problems you've got to solve? And then how can you layer in creativity, individuality? Because that's what that's our job is to make a company look different from everybody else. This is That's What I Call Marketing with your host, Connor Byrne. If you would like to get in touch with us, visit that's what I call marketing.com and see how we can help you and your business grow through marketing. And feel different. That's what, that's what we have to do. Yeah. You know, so it's great standout. And, and, and there are a number of tools at your disposal to do that. Uh, and as designers, it's important, you know, because in the world there exists only two things. It's nature. And then everything else is designed. Everything else is designed. So, you know, we, so as designers, we think about the totality of all of these things and, and, and choose carefully to, to, to make sure clients stand out. So yeah, we're always, always looking outside the box. But like this, this goes back to like, the, you know, the spirit of us, like I was saying earlier about, we're looking for the, the truism in, in a project, but like it's, we, we have this fervent belief that everything has the possibility to be better through design and design thinking. So if you take that as a starting point, you, you, it's the ad plus when you approach a project so how can you make it more than when you when you got got a hold of it and i think that's the way we kind of like to approach things you know we kind of go at them going where can we see this in the future and you know how what's the goal here rather than being quite tactical and in the moment it's it's not it's yeah. not just now it's now and the future and and that's the real challenge with with marketeers actually understanding what we think about design. We are not in the moment. We have to, we, 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 it's, we take it, as, we take it as, as a go that we have to be in the moment, but we have to produce things that could stand the test of time. Uh, and, and that, you know, that over time they, they because then that, 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 that's, and that, that's a real challenge for us. So I was gonna ask, yeah, because honestly, I, it strikes me that, that there probably is all sometimes a, a, a kind of disconnect, right? Where, you know, do marketers understand the role of design and are they, yeah, are they looking at it in that long term? Because, and I guess you guys understand the world marketers operate in often is quarterly, course. next campaign. And, you know, how do you navigate that then with the clients that maybe come into you and saying, we want you to work in a design project, you know, or, like, are you saying no to certain clients because they don't understand the, the the role of design or how do you kind of bring them on the journey that, you know, that you believe in? And I, I, I completely agree with the way you're talking, by the way, the long-term view. I don't know. Well, I take to say, but I think it's so, first of all, you know, we're not stupid. We run a business. We know that we have to generate a certain level of revenue and a certain level of return to ensure that the business runs. So we understand the world 
of objective empirical data and results, whether it's quarterly or whether it's H1 or whether it's so. And actually every design project we start with, we sort of say, if we can measure success in year one or year two or year three, what would those KPIs, what would those measurements be? So we always start with kind of strategic intent. And then, but the thing that we always ask for really to try to, and bring marketers into the world of longevity and more medium to long-term, we start to talk about purpose. We say like, why do you exist? Why would it work for you? What makes you different? You know, I usually ask five or six different whys. And then I get into legacy. What do you want to be remembered for? And these are difficult things to, to, to grasp with, you know? And, and, they, and, and the more you dig, the more you dive for pearls, the more you get something out of that. This, this thing that you could sort of say, this truism is, is that we can build something unique for the brand and the branding. And the challenge, I think, when marketeers, that the marketeers that really embrace the campaigns that they're about to create and how those campaigns sit in the wider tableau of how, the, of how their entire brand is projected to the marketplace across all of the touch points, yeah. whether it's inside their office, whether it's out from a retail perspective or it's online and handheld only, when they begin to understand those and the tone of voice, the way the identity or the brand or the communication speak, but the way that they speak in terms of their values, in terms of, you know, this is the culture that we have in, say, AIB or, or Ryanair versus the culture of Aer Lingus. They to provide both the exact same service, but very yeah. different types of cultures, you know, and it's very clear and apparent in terms of the communication. The more that they think of those things, and that's what designers do, and the more that they, they actually, then there's a chance that they can be much more successful in creating a great brand in the marketplace. I tend to think brand of two things. There's kind of brand, which is the experience, the reputation of that brand that is you stand for. And then everything else is branding, name, entity, real graphic user interface, comms, all of that kind of stuff. It's branding. The, brand, the marketeers that tend to have the sense of purpose and sense of reputation as equally important as all of the branding in terms of their symbiotic relationship between both those brands they're, 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 they, we tend to find that those marketeers are very, they're quite visionary. They're, they're, they're very good. And they tend to build, build long-term sustainable brands uh, over a period of time. It's tricky though. You know, like we, 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 we and it's a, it's a challenge that we, we find an awful lot, like make it smaller or sorry, not make it smaller, make, make it bigger. Like bigger. <laughs> well, fill up, fill fill up that white that... space, please. <laughs> no. How do you navigate that? Because that is it that like, you know, look, I've been there on the agency side and also the client side and, you know, there's, there's tons of evidence around, you know, ensuring that there's no risk of misattribution of your brand with another brand. Right. And so within that context and in the commercial world, like there is a bit of friction between the art and the commerce. That, and the, 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 and it's a very simple one to fix for you. Right. And I know you're going to send us. You need to have a brilliant brand identity with a brand identity system designed to enable you to build great attribution going forward. I mean, there's no, there's no magic formula as to why Vodafone or Apple, those brand identities are so strong and it's a strong attribution. They have built identity systems that are actually designed to work over a sustained period of time, sell all different types of products or services in all different types of ways. We'll come back. There's a system there designed but, to do but that. But also... The problem... Yeah, but also there's the preciousness of retaining the quality of that system. So this is where sometimes it can fall flat is that 
oh, I need something done in an hour and I need to get it done right. But you can still apply an amount of rigor to that hour that in, in, enables right. it to be the best that it can possibly be. Because it's the one thing that you do poorly that will be remembered the most. Right? So you have to think about yeah. consistency yeah. isn't about being consistently good all the time. Because it's the one thing. If you do the one thing wrong, that's what will be remembered the, the most. They don't remember the, the good consistency you've got. They'll always stick at the bad thing. So it's trying to get what Daryl was saying about the getting that intent and the purpose all nailed down, but following through on it 100%. And all the big brands in the world commit to that. They have that balance between perfect marketing, perfect craft and design and brand, where they homogenize them together. They're as important as each other, not one or the other. The sales message isn't as more important than the brand message. They are both as important as each other. They have to live and breathe the same. So we talk about when we do our work, we try to expand minds and move hearts, you know, all with the intent of setting new horizons for people to see those brands in the, in the light that they should be seen in. So they can't be misconstrued or misrepresented. They truly understand in their heart, they feel that's that brand. And I truly engage with it. And I understand why they are what they are. Because when you get that, that's the, that's the magic. That's the gold dust. And Connor, like the problem with being in Ireland, okay, is the investment in branding in terms of identity tends to be relatively modest. You know, particularly <laughs> we go to the US, say to US and UK. So we, you know, we regularly deal with marketers who spend half a million or a quarter of a million producing a 30 second or 60 second TV spot, you know, and they'll struggle to spend 150 or 200 grand on a really good identity system. And a really good identity and identity system can take six months. You know, we have to envisage every possible execution, role play all of the challenges, and then come back with an identity and identity system to design to do that. We use different types of designers, a digital designer, a typography de designer, a yeah. graphics, a different type of experience to put this identity system through rigor and real craft. So you come out with something at the end, which really can stand the test of time, gives you that attribution. And like Dave says, to say, so Dave says it's five to five on a Friday at Friday evening. We've got to get something out, you know, by six o'clock. It, it's the, it, it can do that within a, within a relative, within a, a relatively tight time. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's really understanding the provenance and the value of great identity and, and how that works. What should, you know, if marketers are listening to this, because I'd like this couple of, I think, challenges you, you can bring up there, you know, budgets are tight, things that, you know, all the, this pressures and. But what can marketers do, I think, first of all, to understand the value of design? Because I, I think, and you made the point earlier on, I think in terms of education, we, you know, we're educated on kind of the principles of marketing. Design kind of is almost like a, a small part of that education, I, I think, that people get. And so they're maybe fundamentally, how do people kind of upskill their knowledge of the, the design principles and role of design? And then how do they educate the organization? Because if you're a marketing director, and you're trying to get your CEO to sign off on, you know, a design budget of, you know, X hundred thousand. Yeah. What can they do to do that? Well, I'll give you a few points. So that doesn't happen to us all of the time, right? So, and I, and I have a lot of respect and a lot of understanding for marketeers. Actually, by the time we end up dealing a lot with CEOs and then by osmosis, we end up going, we, we come, we work with marketers and it tends to be, we tend to work with some visionary CEOs who understand the role of identity and brand. And they seem to see, they see their identity as one of their core strategic assets. It is 
it is strategically as valuable as the real estate portfolio, as the IP that they may have at a certain platform or, or, or the level of staff that they have. They see the strategic value of identity and branding. And that you have to, you have to think differently and reframe you know, your, your, your set of expectations. Because marketing, if not, you're just going to be, all you're going to be labeled with sales. Sell, sell, sell. And then, you know, and I've always seen that tension between, is it sales and marketing or is it marketing? You know, am I a sales director or a marketing director? Increasingly, we're seeing like brand and branding, which is corporate reputation being, being discussed at board level, almost moving beyond marketing. And, and I think that's, that's a that's But that's, a that, that's something so, that's been around for a long time. Like I, I, I can recite how many times I've heard, you know, 90% of the stock value of Coca-Cola is its brand. 90%, not its physical assets, 90% of its value to, to its shareholders is its brand. Now that, that goes to say a lot right now, each company doesn't have that kind of level of impact, but it, yes. you can understand the value of that connection. And that's the thing where I said about, you know, moving hearts. If you get that connection, the value to that connection is lifelong, right? So how do you get that connection? How do you truly invest in building that essence and that connection with your brand to others? Cause tactical. Tactical marketing campaigns can bolster that connection, but it can't create it, right? So you have to create it through the brand and the strategy that's, that has a path to go to a specific yeah. place. You have an intent to go there. Daryl used the line earlier and we can use it a lot. You know, we make, what we do is make strategic intent visible. So we, we take your yeah. thinking and what you intend to do and make it in a way that that realizes visually that customers can engage with it. And then the other layers of advertising and marketing add on to that and then builds and builds and builds. So it's the starting point, like in, in so many ways. And I think there's a huge understanding in a lot of senior leadership that when you, when you say the word brand, yeah, the logo, what I've experienced is it, yeah. it's the logo or people immediately think this guy's talking about a TV ad. Yeah. yeah. Like that is, and, and it's like, you know, it's it, that understanding of no, that's not what we mean by brand, yeah. like we mean brand. Like you even mentioned salespeople, like when salespeople are on a call, like that's the first line of your brand. They should be articulating. Your exactly. So what has to come through in, in every single touch point and experience that you have with the brand. Cause you know, and I loved your line earlier, Daryl of, you know, there's nature and everything else is yeah. behind, right? Like, you know, think about the world in that way. And then you're like, right. And it's busy. And so how do you, how do you then create that kind of intersections yeah. that matter? So I, I found, Connor, right, that regularly that design is the greatest expense that the company, that the board knows the least about. It is yeah. unquestionably a huge amount of money that took, design affects every aspect of the organization to one degree or another. You, and I'm not talking about just graphic design. I'm talking about design of systems, design of product, design of portfolios, all, all, all aspects. So, you know, I've often, and the CEOs, some of the CEOs who dealt with who really understand the strategic value of their identity and their brand. And when I talk about brand, I talk about their reputation and their kind of, and on all of the lament, all the look and feel that surrounds us. They really have a strong understanding of, of how design permeates so many aspects of their organization. And what they tend to do is they tend to use the identity and the identity system as a means to set a benchmark to sort of say, this is the quality of our organization. This is what it is we stand for. This is what we believe in. All the press, 
all the things we say, all the things yeah. we communicate, they can become to be symbolized by this. But also it's a very important thing to our staff, to the people, because great brands are great people. Yeah. You always say, you know, so like, you know, it's like, and you know, to, to get the organization focused, I tend, uh, what we tend to find is CEOs actually use identity to get the organization focused on the customer or the organization focused on strategic things that the CEO or the executive team want to get through the organization, as well as marketing and sales and so on. So you've got to elevate, you know, identity. It's difficult for marketers when they, if, if they begin to see that strategic asset and all, and, and it's not just a moment of time. You just can't create an identity and say, there we go. It's, you're constantly modifying it, constantly changing it, constantly iterating, constantly looking at the systems that support that and the identity systems. You're constantly looking at tone of voice and so on. So there's a kind of a whole range of different things attached to it that, you know, it, it, it's just not a moment in time. It's a, it's a good thing. So like it, there's a science to it without a doubt, but there's a kind of a, there's also just a realization, that, you know, you are dealing with a highly, uh, you know, a, a real strategic asset. And, you know, and it's up, if you want to get great returns out of it, you're going to have to invest in it and you have to go to constantly manage it. So that's, but, that's but, kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. But also on the other side of that, there's like, cause there's the, our passion in doing the craft of design has an end goal. So what we try to do is improve things. So like in, in the experience of interaction with the brands that we create, we try and Im improve the person or the consumer's touch point with that. So it adds to their life. So, you know, throughout, throughout our history of working, for example, when we did we rebranded Dublin bus. The, the, the major part of that was re remapping the whole of Dublin's infrastructure, as far as how the network was perceived, how the, how the customer engaged with reading the timetable to reading the map, how the connection points within the buses and try to homogenize it. So the experience of the design was purely functional, but it left a really good feeling. So I, I now know yeah. how to get around the city kind of thing in a yeah. more easier, better, better yeah. way. So that kind of thinking is always at the heart of what we do. So again, I said it earlier, the added plus, do we add to it? But it plus isn't just an emotional plus. It's also a functional plus. It's, it's a, a plus for society as well. If, if we have the opportunity to do that. So yeah, yeah. Like, so that, that the Dublin bus actually is a good one. That was, that was, was about 60 to 17 years ago. Now we did that. Well, but, but back in the day when we were looking at it, Dave was right. We kind of went to look, we, how do we actually create a more happy experience, a more visible experience? And at its most simplest level, like the bus signs, you know, the two most contrasting colors that exist in the visual spectrum are black and white. And what we, the second is black and yellow. So we took black and yellow as the signature colors, simplify the entire system around that. Yeah. So, you know, whether you have, you had difficulty with visibility or difficulty seeing things, but also we designed it in a way that they were attractive, that people liked them on the streets and got great feedback. Yeah. And, you know, so you create, and that, that's the, that's the London model as well. Yeah. Transport for London or London. They create stuff that, that, you know, that, 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 that the populace are proud of. Yeah. You know, and that, that, that pride thing is, you know, Dave's right. You know, you got to, to do that, you got to put the craft in, you got to shape totally. it. They can't see but it. But, it, but, it, but actually, even at that, like, for example, we, we insisted they, painted the poles yellow and yellow. It had two functions yeah. one that you wouldn't walk into it because chrome poles tend to be <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also for as daryl said for people you know visual acuity problems and stuff like that 
And now I know, because we've had discussions with them in the last few years where they were changing and they changed the posts to green and yellow, which I don't, I don't, I don't so get. Awful. But they tried to rechange the polls back to, to Chrome and the feedback was like, no way, you can't do that. All the different organizations, we can't do it. They have to retain their yellow. And it's that, it's yeah. the simplest sometimes, it's the simplest thinking and the simplest Goodness. execution that has such a massive impact across so many levels. And, and it's just, as it, we, we use the term, they, we were talking earlier about investment and stuff like that. The further you pull back the bow and in thinking, the farther the arrow and the thinking goes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, just like, you see, even timing, again, I always think it's interesting to think about when these things happened. Like, that was at a moment when people weren't walking into polls because they were on their mobile phones. You, <laughs> you know what I mean? So your thinking wasn't in that moment. No. And, but yet you had that kind yeah. of foresight. As we think about the world, you know, that, that we are in now and, you know, that, that world of people walking into polls because they're on their phones, how do you think that's impacting kind of your, your view on, on kind of design and kind of the future of design? It's, 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 it's one of those weird things because it's really funny because when we set up the company, it was called ImageNow Consultants, right? So although we did lots of more design then, but we're more consultants now. It's, it's, we've, the we've, come, we've come full circle, but it's, again, it's engaging yeah, yeah. with the thinking. So like, like I, I, we have obviously personally from a design point of view, there, there are things that are happening within the digital space that aren't necessarily good design things. Right. Yeah. So there's a, a homogeny happening. We call it's called blanding. So a lot of identities are all yes. going to a certain look because it works on digital and, but what's happening in that is then they have no clear differentiator anymore visually. They become just like a lot of others and you can't tell them apart. And I think there will be a kick now to get back to individual stylistic approaches to different identity systems and that, that, that just are, it's kind of losing the way technology is taking over too much at the moment where ultimately you're talking about engaging with humans and how, yeah, how do, do you get the hearts back, back into it? it? Yeah. Yeah, you, oh, like, you go back to painting. And I, I mean, that, like, in, it's in, great. It's a great point. Yeah. It, Connor. Like, I think what we find is like, uh, we could tell you loads that's going on in digital at the moment. Dave's right. There's been a drive from Yves Saint Laurent, Prada, all these kind of brands of great kind of character and individuality. They're all going, they're all simplifying their fonts. They're trying to make them more, bland. we call it blanding, not branding. To, so to make it easier to buy or buy your product or service more move more quickly through a graphic user interface or UX on and a handheld device or in a mobile, and they're all they're all moving towards. It. Yeah. So, but what's happening is they're beginning to all look the same, and now they're actually there's the, 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 the a lot of them are putting the there's they're trying to actually they're trying to refine what was unique and character to them. And like a good example is the platforms at the moment. You've got the likes of Disney, Amazon, so on. They're kind of there's there's a blandness. Yeah, those. What we're really impressed by, like, so you take Netflix and the user experience. There's something kind of traditional, comfortable, and um, old about it. I know that, and that there is a, there's an origin story there as well in terms of where they started. And there's something old, but still something right of the moment. They have that. They have a bit of history, but they have a bit of uh, but modernity and the systems yeah. that they're moving through. So it's it's trying to find that balance. And I think. That's where a lot of brands are struggling at the moment is to sort of say, how do I create character? How do I create resonance? So, you know, you need to be really careful as you build out digital that you maintain that character because that's where brands are going. They're trying to find individualism. 
They're trying to find something unique and trying to display that digitally. And that's where you know, we're, we're finding we're engaged an awful lot, actually. And typography is going to play with that. The traditional font making, and you know, that's that's going to be that's that's becoming much more important. Yeah. Like, like, what what do you think the most successful part of the branding or identity for Netflix is? Connor, what would you think it is? Oh, all right. Do you know what it is? Right. Is the, it's the is it the sound? Yeah. It's the sound. Like you know, yeah. it's the it's that, yeah. uh, and all of the other players try to recreate, replicate, beat that, but they can't. It's a, it's a two, yeah. and, and, and it's it's the most simplest. It's a two bit, two big strong system, you know, and the cat comes down and the family comes down and they all go, oh, it's Netflix time. Like, Look, I, you know, I wanted to catch up with you because it is a, a, a real kind of landmark to be going 30 years as, you know, as, as long as the Backstreet Boys, just to say it again. Dave likes the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I, I just, I mentioned it that before we started, I, I spoke to Debbie Millman, who's a phenomenal designer. And she, and she also had this view that I get from both of you that, you know, there's there's a positivity and, and kind of this force for good that can come out of design because it can do so much. So and listen, thank you so much for your time Brooke. today. I really appreciate it. Chatting to you, wonderful insights, wonderful story and congratulations on, on 30 years and here's to the next, the next 30 for, for Image Now. And no more back. Thanks a million. All right, thanks, Ed. There is nature and everything else is design. That is a line that has stuck with me since I spoke to Dave and Daryl of ImageNet. It's a great way to think about the world and the role of design in it. Design is and should be long-standing. It needs deep thinking and time to live and breathe and evolve. And as I mentioned in the podcast, I spoke to one of the world's greatest designers, Debbie Millman, and it was great to see how similar the thinking is between her, Dave and Daryl. Definitely worth listening to that. If you haven't, it is episode six in season two. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening to That's What I Call Marketing. And if you did enjoy it, of course, please do share, subscribe, add comments with your feedback, get in touch with us. You can find all our previous episodes on That's What I Call Marketing.com. We're on Instagram, That's What I Call Marketing. Twitter, That's Underscore Marketing. And our episodes are on YouTube, of course. That's what I call marketing. And if we can help you and your business grow through marketing, get in touch with us. That's what I call marketing.com and see how we can help.